Welcome to Bellwether Friends, uh, definitely not the first podcast featuring a discussion on pop culture and why we think you should like what we like. You should trust us because we're librarians. We are. Every couple of weeks, Anna and I will get together with tea for her and wine for me, sometimes extra wine for me, and chat about a couple of pop culture topics, what we think and how we feel, and we'll end the show with our current obsessions. And who are we? I'm Carolyn, a librarian living in Chicago who watches way too much TV. And I'm Anna, a librarian in western Massachusetts who is currently in an attic in Maine. <laughs> I do not have tea. I only have water. Sorry. Oh, I know. And actually, my wine is all gone. So, <laughs> Well, so false advertising. Say la vie. Hey, speaking of false advertising, <laughs> um, I'm going to try to do this in every episode. Um, Terrible segue. Excellent. <laughs> hey. I mean, serial killer? No. Right. Clever segue. Clever um, segue. <laughs> Right. Sorry. Did so, I say terrible? You did. Um, it was brought to my attention that uh, some of our listeners may be under the false impression that we are both huge fans of the book Bellwether. Um, right. Right. So uh, I, I received well, an email from Katie saying, should I start with the paper copy or the audio? And I said, <sighs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want me to do you want me to field that one? Field away. Okay, so you should start with the paper copy and then you should listen to the audio as a reread in a few years. Perfect. And I think of you as a future Bellwether fan. You just aren't a current Bellwether fan because you haven't read it yet. Exactly. Exactly. Um but I you know, I, I just wanna say I didn't mean to mislead anybody. <laughs> um I felt terrible. <laughs> But no, I'm going on record. I have not read Bellwether yet. Um, yet. Yet, yet. I will. I promise. No pressure, though. No. Not at all. No. People just think of you as an expert. That's right. I have read it at least five times, so you can have some of those if you want. Okay. You can just put those in my head and, and we'll be good. Okay. Cool. Uh, so, one of the things... I'm so sorry my email just did <laughs> <laughs> one of the things uh, that we wanted to talk about today was what is pop culture to us and so maybe that was something we didn't cover earlier uh, when we started the podcast but do you want to talk a little bit about what you were thinking with what pop culture means to you yeah I mean I feel like we maybe should have covered this at some point but it's <laughs> early days yet <laughs> what are we episode four Right. Hey, it's all good. Plenty of time. Um, so, yeah, my dad was asking me who the market was for our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds so official. I know. I was like, uh, well, we did extensive market research, and there's a target demographic. <laughs> I was like, we're doing it for us and our friends, I guess. Maybe librarians. I don't know. He was not satisfied with my answer, so then he asked me, well, what is pop culture? And I was like, uh, well, popular culture. I feel like it's something that a group of people likes and is familiar with. Maybe not everyone in the world, because there's always someone who's like, I've never heard of that. Mm -hmm. um, but a largish segment, I think the internet has made it easier for the people that know about the same stuff to band together. 
Yeah. I think the popular part implies that that there aren't people who are like, um, yeah, I heard about that before it was cool, who are still interested in it. <laughs> uh, so I think once the part where there are people who say, I heard about that before it was cool, then it might be in pop culture. But I generally exclude things like, he asked me about sports. I would generally exclude sports from popular culture, although there are certainly popular culture items that have to do heavily with sports. And we talked about a league of their own. That's a baseball movie. There's a certain bleeding over let's take the bears and the super bowl shuffle oh yeah that's a good one that's a great <laughs> for example <laughs> between sports and pop culture but i think in general they're separate and i don't know why i think that it's just that it seems to me that our purview here is mostly consumable items that can be shared far and wide like books movies music art but maybe I don't really know what I'm talking about. I mean, we spent a long time last week talking about Legos, so I don't know if Legos are pop culture or not. I think they are. Um, so for me, pop culture, and I would not include sports either. Um, for me, it's entertainment. So anything that qualifies as entertainment, n- not things that qualify as entertaining, because I'm sure many people would find sports entertaining, but I don't consider them to be under that sort of entertainment umbrella. Um, So popular culture would be something that falls under that umbrella, but yeah, that has a group more than two, hopefully more than five people who like something and the sort of comprehensive power of their liking has pushed it to more prominence, if that makes sense. So um, more and more people finding out about it. Um, So that's kind of what I see as pop culture. Um, And I agree, too, definitely more mainstreamy type stuff. Um, Like the the weirder, more cult-driven, I don't know. I mean, I think that that has a place in pop culture, but I don't think that defines it, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think that makes sense. Um, probably most people that are listening to our podcast will agree with us, but hopefully if they don't, they'll feel free to email us or leave us a blog comment about what they think pop culture is. Yeah, yeah. I, for me, it's just... Yeah, I, I like what you were saying about something consumable, you know? Um, but also with that entertainment sort of aspect... Yeah, I think entertainment has a lot to do with it. The the things that we watch or do or listen to to entertain us rather than necessarily edifying us that are not sports. (laughs) (laughs) Right, wait, what about opera? Oh, opera. Well, I think at a certain point in its um, history, do we think opera was pop culture? Or was it always restricted to the people that could afford it? Mm. I guess it's available, like, on the radio. Yeah. So, or online. And at the library, 
if you have a public library, you can go check out opera DVDs. Yeah, it's so, available to the masses now. Right? right. But do the masses like opera? Mm-hmm. I, I would say probably not. I don't so know. it just doesn't have that. Maybe it doesn't have the um, the massive appeal mm-hmm. of One Direction. <laughs> what if they made a One Direction opera? Well, I think the world might <laughs> never recover. But it would be pretty awesome, I think. I think it would, too. I would watch it. I would watch it. I you know what I like? I really like that um, live Sound of Music, even though I didn't like it. But I liked, I think that Twitter and other, like, um, live consumption of pop culture, Mm -hmm. where we can all sort of do it together, is a really interesting development. And it sort of makes even things that are kind of stupid, like, say, Sharknado, (laughs) wildly popular, because it's all about the group participation in it, and less about, like, how good is this actually as an uh, artifact? <laughs> On its own, right. On its own. Um, Twitter has definitely made watching things like um, award shows so much oh, yeah. more pleasurable. I, I love watching award shows with Twitter. It's the best. Yeah, watching live things with Twitter is the best. Sometimes you can just watch Twitter and not watch... <laughs> The thing, which I do now because I don't have live television unless I use methods. Um, oh, so like so methods, some methods, like methods, yeah. Oh, I thought that was like a computer program. <laughs> no, it's a capital M methods. Gotcha. Wink, wink. Nudge, right. nudge. Exactly. Okay. Which I don't do very often unless the Red Sox are in the World Series or something. Well, and then it's vital. It is vital. Some things you need to watch live. Sports being the main one, award shows being another one, yeah. and the live version of The Sound of Music being yet another one. <laughs> Although I did mute some of it and just watch Twitter. Yeah, I missed it. I didn't get to see it. Oh, I know. I, I was sad. I was sad. But it's okay. Um, okay, well, pop culture, I think that pretty much sums it up. <laughs> Pop culture, you should try it. Yeah. And if you have a different definition of pop culture or something to add to our definitions, let us know. Tweet at us. Um, send us an email at bellwetherfriendspodcast at gmail.com. Yeah, um, tell us how much you like opera. Yeah. Tell us if opera is pop culture. That'd be awesome. Um, okay. So the other thing that I wanted to talk about kind of came up today, and it's a... a last minute edition, but earlier today I was having a conversation on Twitter with Dolly and Steve, and we were talking about the current, <laughs> well, that's how you have to say his name, right? Cause right. Yeah. Steve, Steve, um, about the current NFL situation, um, with the just terrible news about all their players. Um, well, not all of them, but some of them, a lot of them, um, doing awful things to people. And it made me think about how we have this discussion in pop culture about separating the art from the artist. Now, I really, really like football a lot. 
and I like watching football. And so the stuff that's happened over the last week or two has really made me very angry and has made me not want to watch football. Um, and, and, and I had this conflict, you know, do I, can I still watch the game if I don't agree with what's going on um, with the NFL administration, with the decisions they're making, with what some of the players' behavior is? And, you know, it's very similar to the discussion about can you still go see Woody Allen movies or Roman Polanski movies or can you still enjoy Ender's Game? Um, so that was something I wanted to talk about, you know, just what, what did we think about separating the art from the artist and that conflict that we have? Can we do that? Mm, I have a hard time doing that. Separating them? Yeah. Yeah. Um, So that happens to me. What generally happens is like, I really like something. Maybe it's a sports figure or a book or something. And then I accidentally or inevitably find out something about the person Mm -hmm that I'm like, oh, oh no. (laughs) And then I can't see them the same way again, and it colors my enjoyment. Uh Um, So sometimes when there's like a cute um, women's basketball player, I try really hard not to find out anything about her. (laughs) I don't want to (laughs) know if she's a super Christian lady. I don't. I don't want to know anything about her because that will mean that I can't <laughs> objectify her. Objectify her in the proper way. Just as an example. Yeah. Or um, Ender's Game is a good one. So I read Ender's Game, and I thought it was like very interesting, and I probably would have recommended it to someone if they'd asked me. But now I know way too much about Orson Scott Card, mm-hmm. and you know his agenda conflicts directly <laughs> with my entire life. So, um, yeah, my objectifying of women's basketball players is for you, Orson Scott Card. <laughs> um, Take that. Dedicated to you. <laughs> uh, so I really can't. I don't want to read that book. Yeah. I don't. I mean, I keep it on the shelf at the library because it's a book that people want to read. I'm not going to try and cut other people off from reading it, but I just, I'm not going to reread it. I'm not going to say to my child, you know, when he's that old, here, you should read this, unless we have a discussion first about Orson Scott Card. (laughs) Um, I just have, I can't, I can't, I think... The story is good, but I can't separate the fact that he's a hateful guy. <laughs> no, absolutely. Well, let me let me ask you this. So your um, fictional female basketball player is really cute. Um, you actively avoid learning anything about her. But what if she's a, a terrible person? I don't want to know that. <laughs> Okay, you're saying if I find out she's a terrible person? Yeah, let's say, like, 20 years later you find out she's a terrible person. Like, how does that affect... So, I'm just, I'm curious about how something that you've loved or really admired, um, maybe something that played a big role in 
your childhood or in your coming of age period of life, then when you find out later that the person that created it was really not a good person, does that tarnish just the item? Does that, are you able to say, oh, that's gross, but this still played a really big part of my life? Um, does it color that whole part of your life that it, that it um, affected? I'm just curious about that. You're you're gonna have to answer that one because I don't. I came trying to think of something that that has that. I guess okay. Here's a good. Here's the best example I can come up with. Okay. Um, when I was young, I would go to the library and check out VHS tapes. I would check out musicals, and I would check out James Bond movies. And my favorite James Bond was Sean. Connery, and that was, like, really important to me. Um, and then I think sometime in college um, I, I learned that John Sean Connery, I don't know if he said something about beating his wife or he did beat his wife. Mm. Or I was, it was, I'm, I'm looking it up now. Yes, beat his ex-wife, Diane Salento, etc., etc. Right. Women slapping women, beating women unconscious. Like, I can't... <sighs> you know, I really love um, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, for example. Oh, yeah. But it's hard to like Sean Connery or anything that he does once you know that uh, information about him. So, um... I guess retroactively, it makes me think, um, wow, you were in the dark, kid, so I'm glad you enjoyed it while it lasted, but now. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess it, it's not changing the me that, that enjoyed that, it's just making current me bitter. Uh. Hmm. Do you feel like, do you wish you hadn't? You had known that then, and you hadn't watched them? I don't know if 12-year-old me would have cared. Yeah, no, that's true. Well, and I think that's another point, too, is that our idea, maybe, I don't know if I want to say of what's acceptable, but maybe of what we're willing to overlook changes. Yes, I'm sure that's true. Yeah. I mean, I, for one, have never watched anything that Woody Allen has produced. So I feel fine not watching anything that Woody Allen has produced, you know? Yeah. Um, my example today was Rosemary's Baby. Um, well, what about Rosemary's Baby? I don't know anything. Well, it's, it's uh, Roman Polanski. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. Yeah. And, um, of course, very problematic. Um, but it, it's... A great movie. It's a great movie, and it was definitely one that I watched um, in like my teen and young adult years. That just influenced me in terms of um, the kind of this. It's going to sound horrible, but like the kind of um, stuff that I wanted to. To, to take in, right? Like the, the kinds of movies I wanted to watch, the kinds of books I wanted to read. Um, 
it made me pay attention to the way I watched movies. Um, uh, it, it taught me a lot about film and I am really appreciative of that. And I would really like to watch it again, but I can't bring myself to do that. So here's a question. Yeah. So he's a director, right? Mm -hmm. So how responsible is he for the text of the movie? Like, did he write the script? Is it his vision exclusively? Can you, can you, when it's a group project like that, can you say like, this is a Roman Polanski film and therefore I, I don't feel comfortable watching it? Or can you say to yourself, well, he was involved in this project, but, like, it's from a book. Yeah. So it's not actually, like, you know, I mean, it's, he's probably getting revenues from it if I rent it on Netflix or, or if I watch it on Netflix or whatever. Like, where, if, it, it's, it's sort of easier if it's, like, um, a musician who has lyrics that are abusive or whatever, and you mm -hmm. can say, well, like, that was just that person they wrote that and then they decided to sing it and record it and release it you know right but if it's like you know the artists that were involved in rosemary's baby that weren't roman polanski it's the clerks um contractors on this the death star question <laughs> <laughs> yeah that, that's a really good point and i feel I feel like I can't answer that question. I think um, part of me would feel like I was finding a way to get around the issue I have, if that makes sense. Like, yeah. um, I have an issue with Roman Polanski, but uh, he wasn't the only person making this movie, so it's okay to watch it. You know what I mean? Um, I don't know. I don't know. It still makes me it still makes me uncomfortable, and I think that that's kind of the main thing you go with, right? So, does it make does it color your whole experience of like past Carolyn <sighs> sitting raptly watching Rosemary's Baby, which I haven't watched, obviously. Well, <laughs> no, you never will. I won't because we're not live tweeting Rosemary's Baby because it's a Roman Polanski movie. Okay, <laughs> the end. Um. It makes me sad that I can't revisit it. Right. Yeah. But it doesn't make me sad for her, for, for, for young Carolyn. For Rosemary. So, <laughs> for Mia Farrow. Oh, um, no, for, for, for the me then, it doesn't make me sad. Um, because I didn't know. Right. I, I had I, no yeah. idea. I didn't know about Sean Connery. Yeah. I just thought he was cool. I didn't know about Sean Connery until you told me. Now I'm sad. Sorry. Damn it. We're just destroying people's illusions right and left. Now I will never be able to watch Darby O'Gill and the Little People again. Oh my god. I haven't watched that for so long. I guess we're not live tweeting that either. <laughs> Thank god. <laughs> sorry, everybody. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Um, so, but this was, I mean, this was something I, I, I hope that other people chime in on and, and tell us what they think. Um, it, it's, it's really, it's one thing when you, when you don't have a connection to something and somebody does something terrible, you know, uh, and I'm trying to think of an example of, 
I don't know. I don't watch hockey. So if a hockey player were, you know, if this were hockey players, I think I'd be kind of like, eh, like uh, uh, angry with the action and angry with the situation, but not feeling any conflict about watching hockey. Right. Um, right. So that's, I mean, that's kind of the core of where my interest lies is, is that conflict with something you love that's, um, gone terribly wrong (laughs) so yeah I don't know so tell us what you think Um, tweet at us leave a blog comment send us an email Um, grab us in the street totally we love that (laughs) it's not at all creepy (laughs) we'll each be wearing a podcast um, sandwich board wherever (laughs) we go so it's You'll be able to see us. Um, it says, ask me about Bellwether Friends. Right. People in Maine are a little confused, but I'm spreading the word. Don't worry. <laughs> I hope you're also spreading the internet connection. Uh, I'm trying. I hope this. I hope the production quality on this one is uh, sufficient and we don't have to record it all over again. Dear God. Um, it'll be awesome. It will be the best. It will be the best. It's going to be a little shorter. I, well, unless we um, come up with something brilliant right now, yeah. Can you put in some sounds of crickets? <laughs> I think I think I can at post production crickets. Wait, I'll try to do it now. <laughs> All right, and now we are going to move on to obsession. Um, <laughs> what are you obsessing about, Anna? Um, so, uh, a long time ago, I read a book called Dead Witch Walking by Kim Harrison, yeah. which is a paranormal, uh, urban fantasy. Uh-huh. Um, and I thought it was awesome. Like I had been reading Laurel K. Hamilton and a couple other things, but like oh. Kim Harrison is the one that I stuck with uh-huh. and have been happy with every, um, installment of the series. Like there was never any book where I was like, eh, that was just moving the plot forward, not really at all, and then, so the the last book in the series just came out, um, number 13, The Witch with No Name, I have it sitting next to me, I've read one page, because I had other stuff to do on my vacation, but the road between me and my book is now open, and I am going to be reading it at every opportunity, mm-hmm. so that... It's very exciting. I've also been watching Fringe <gasps> with uh, Surly Spice oh. in, um, as a longtime X-Files watcher. This seems like a natural segue. Yeah. Yeah. And- especially, especially um, like the weird, gory stuff that happens. Mm-hmm. Although they seem to have, probably because they're 15 years later, better gore. <laughs> More gory gore. More gory gore. Um, yeah, but the parallels so, are obvious. Right. The parallels are obvious. I don't know if I love Olivia. Mm-hmm. Definitely I don't love her as much as I love Scully. Obviously, that's not possible. Obviously. And um, so I'm still waiting for that to happen. And I'm still watching and trying to to ship different people together and see what, <laughs> see what works. So far, <laughs> nothing at all is sticking. And so I'm going to have to... Step that up or give it up. I'm not sure which. Um, but I'm, I am I was a skeptical at first, but I'm really enjoying it and looking forward to watching 
more fringe, especially as I continue to watch the X-Files. I saw, I saw all the first season and I don't remember how much of the second season of fringe, but I loved it. And, um, I need to go back and start rewatching it again now that it's, it's completed its run. Um, and, and for the record, I shipped Pacey and the female FBI agent. Of course you did. That's so boring. Sorry. But Sorry. She, they're so Maybe cute. Maybe she gets less boring. All right. No, she's so cute. She never wears a hair tie when she should. Oh. You you rewatch oh, and you'll God, see. Be like, no, you'll see. Back. She's like going into action and her hair is flying all over the place. No, but she has short hair. No, she's just, like, shoulder-length hair, at least. Not Olivia. Oh, well, then who... Oh, is this beyond the point I've watched? We're about halfway through the season. No, it's like the... She's, like, a tech. Oh, oh, well, in that case, I will I will have to ship that, too. I take back all of the aspersions that I cast upon <sighs> Thank you. Thank you. No, I do not ship Pacey and Olivia. That- okay, well, that makes so much more sense, because who would ship <sighs> Olivia with anyone? No. I ship Olivia with... Um, like a plaster wall. I think that would be. <laughs> That's awesome. What about with Walter? You could ship her with Walter. Well, that might be an interesting. See, I keep trying to ship turn. Astrid with people. That's who it is. That's what I'm talking about. Oh, you like? I like Astrid too. But I, well, let's see. We'll just see. I don't know about Pacey yet. Is it possible to get through the show without calling him Pacey? Nope. I don't. I don't think so. Nope. <laughs> Poor Joshua Jackson. Aw, he's so cute, but he's Pacey <laughs> forever in our hearts. <laughs> so when when you said that you were trying to ship different people, I pictured you with um like fringe paper dolls. <laughs> oh yeah, it's like pushing them together. <laughs> so like as you as you would watch, you would try different pairings and see how they worked out, and it reminded me that. Like a year or two ago, there were these um, scandal paper dolls. Oh, they were so good. <sighs> yeah. Let's see if we can find the link for that. I, I bet they still exist. Yeah. So I, Is that the Atlantic or? I think so. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. I wanted scandal paper <laughs> <laughs> Could have printed them out. No one was stopping you. <gasps> Maybe I'll print them out tomorrow. Perfect. And take them to my class. Okay. Um, so, so yes. what are you obsessed with? <laughs> <laughs> Do you know, I, um, I am still listening to Outlander. <laughs> it's, it's a really long book. You can be, book. You can be forgiven. I listen to it every day on the way to work and on the way home. And it's a 45 minute drive each way. Um, and sometimes I listen to it at home. Yeah. Sometimes um, you got to step it up, man, but I'm almost there. Um, and this, are you, go ahead. When you're done with it, are you yeah. going to listen to the next one? I am. Or are you going to take a break? You know, so I was thinking about it, but no, I'm going to listen to the next one because I love the narrator. Okay. And yeah, I like her too. You know, I'm listening to yeah. her also. <laughs> <laughs> who do we ship her with? We ship her with, um, the guy who does the Harry Potter, <laughs> Jim Dale. Um, but I did also want to say that this weekend, this Saturday, is the wedding episode of Outlander on Stars, 
um, which everyone is looking forward to because it's finally going to be sexy times with um, Jamie and Claire. Congratulations. I know. <laughs> America, you managed to wait. But I'm very excited for that. Um, what else am I obsessed with? I am obsessed with... Um, honestly, I am obsessed with sleeping because I'm teaching and I'm grading and I'm planning and um, I'm tired. Yeah. And I, and I know that's not a, a very pop culture thing to be obsessed with, but um, yeah, I can't help it. Oh, wait! I know what I'm obsessed with. <laughs> so I'm reading, um, you know Alan Cumming, right? Yeah, of course. Yeah, so I'm reading... Speaking of audiobook narrators, by the way, yeah. he's a good one. Is he? So I haven't listened to any of his narration, but I'm reading his memoir, um, Not My Father's Son, which I believe comes out very, very soon. Um, but friends of Bellwether Friends, uh, two bossy dames, tweeted out the interview that he did with Cindy Lauper. Ooh. And it's it's... It's heaven on a stick. It's amazing. It's amazing. Okay, we need to link that, obviously. Yes. Because it's Alan Cumming and Cindy Lauper in your ears. (laughs) No, it's an audio audio interview. (laughs) Thanks for clarifying that. That was a little bit disturbing. Or however you For a second. (laughs) Um, Well... Okay. So, yeah. Okay, so we have one more thing to mention. We do. Which is that our um, show music provider, Julie, has two old albums available to listen to on Spotify. If you want to check those out, we are going to put a link on the show page. Yes. Um, Please, please, please listen to those albums. They're amazing. That's all we got, right? That's all we got. I think? I don't know. Yeah. I think we're tapped out. I think we are. It's late. Um, yeah. I'm in an, adi- an attic. <laughs> <laughs> You're in an attic. All right. Well, uh, thank you for listening so very much. I'm Carolyn. You can find me all over the internet at Paper Squared. That's P-A-P-E-R-S-Q-U-A-R-E-D. I'm Anna, and you can find me online at Helga Grace, H-E-L-G-A-G-R-A-C-E, mostly on Twitter. And our in and out music was provided by the aforementioned Julie Jerkins. You can find her on Twitter at Hi Miss Julie. H-I-M-I-S-S-J-U-L-I-E. Bye.